Well, our names are Teresa and Gumby. Welcome to Escaping Society. We wrote our own song so we wouldn't have to pay for anyone else's copyright infringement. And we live in a van and we eat from the trash, making this podcast open for cash. You better listen up because we probably won't last because we can't compete with nonsense. Hypnotizing nonsense. Oh, society sucks and we don't need it. It's killing your kids, so why do you feed it? They'll tell you to stay, but you don't need to heed it. You can give them the finger. There's no time to linger. So, thank you for listening to our song. It's not very good and it went kind of long. Don't care if you like it, cause we'll be gone. Over that next horizon. We ain't got no Welcome to Escaping Society, Episode 6, Clean, Green, Seldom Seen Hygiene. And the, uh, I guess the first time that I really felt uh, worried about my hygiene um, while I was out on the road was when Gumby and I were backpacking for a long stretch of time. And as you might imagine, like being with your boyfriend at the time, just... uh, feeling kind of gross. I wasn't sure how we were going to do that. And so when we decided to move into the van, I had some worries and doubts about um, being able to stay clean, but have found out since then that it is completely and totally possible to stay clean and presentable, um, whether you're living in a van or hitchhiking or backpacking or what have you. And it's not just for vanity, um, just keeping healthy, not getting any skin diseases, Um, for your self-esteem, and also for blending in. So whether you're homeless or hitchhiking, you don't want to be nasty and offending people, like when you get in their car when you're hitchhiking. And like I said, when you're backpacking, just having that frame of mind, like you feel better because you feel clean. You don't feel like stuff is (laughs) like sticking together or or just like (laughs) emanating a smell in general. Yeah. Um, So... Leading into that, uh, Gumby, did you want to share this story about uh, not bathing? <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first dropped out of high school, I guess I was 16, um, and I don't remember why. I don't even know if it was a conscious thought, but I just decided to not bathe for that first summer following dropping out. And uh, I just never took a shower. The only bathing I got was the occasional swimming and it wasn't like really scrubbing bathing. It was just sort of jumping in the water. I still don't know how to swim well, so I didn't know how to swim well then either. Um, and I just remember like, you know, really smelling bad, but I got used to my own smell, but my friends kept telling me, oh man, please take a shower. Some of them even offered to pay me to take a shower. I didn't change clothes either. So like you can imagine the smell that was building up. Um, I thought I had this really deep tan by the end of summer um, until I took that first shower when I finally got so sick of myself and watched that tan just go swirling down the drain and realized I was lily white because I was basically, all that dirt was, uh, you know, sunscreen. Um, But yeah, so I went, I tried the not bathing thing and explored that. And um, like Teresa was alluding to, out here, 
kind of on the fringes, you know, when you're escaping society, one of your best allies is to not be noticed. Um, and again, this is our strategy. I've seen a lot of like other people that are out there that are really like characters wearing colorful stuff and they're really getting noticed. Um, that's just not our way. So part of that is staying clean and smelling good. Um, yeah, when we're hitchhiking, it just it's disrespectful to get a ride in somebody's car, to my way of thinking, and, and stink it up. You know, I want them to have a positive experience, so hopefully they'll hook up, uh, pick up me or another hitchhiker somewhere down the road. Um, let's see. Um, when I got older and, and lived out of a car for the first time, I still felt like I needed a shower. I didn't know what I, I do now about different ways of bathing. And I'll always remember one time we were at this gas station, um, me and my mom, actually, she was living out of her car, and we were talking about, like, wouldn't it be nice to have a shower? And we were right next to this hotel, and I was standing there staring at this hotel, watching the cleaning ladies go from door to door, and they'd leave the door open, and it occurred to me, wow, there's a little window there. Like, here's the shower that there's an open door. The person has already left because the cleaning lady just went there, and presumably the next person to come in won't be there for a while. So if I time it just right, I can rush in there with my clean clothes, take a shower, and imagine what that shower meant to me, not having a shower for at least a week. I don't know how long I'd gone at that point. But one hot shower, that was going to be so nice. So I did it. I went in there, um, waited for the cleaning lady to get a couple doors down, and then I rushed in, took my shower, and as I'm coming out, there's these like National Guard guys in the room. And... uh <laughs> it was really awkward. I had to think on my feet. I was just like, oh, yeah, did you guys get this room? Um, wow, there must be some kind of confusion or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the office and straighten it out. So sorry. You know, I don't know what is going on here. Um, so I left and, of course, beat a hasty retreat to my car and got out of there. But I don't recommend that method. Um, that did not work too well. And you don't need to. So hopefully we're about to give you some tips that will... Uh, if you're getting to that point of desperation, you're escaping society, you're out on the streets, um, and you think, oh, and that's another thing. A lot of people think if you're homeless, you have to be dirty and smell bad. There are other factors at play when you see homeless people that are dirty and smell bad. You definitely do not have to be dirty and smell bad. And it's not just because we have a van and more mobility. Um, even when we were, when we were on the streets, um, we tried it on foot. And we could still find ways to wash up. So here's some tips to stay clean, to smell good, um, to blend in, to be healthier. Because, of course, dropping out of society, you don't have all the handy-dandy little, uh, what am I trying to say, Medicaid, all the healthcare stuff going on necessarily. So you definitely, you don't have to worry about being a germaphobe. You're definitely going to get dirty anyway, but you can stay relatively clean. So enough of that. Here's Teresa. When we first moved into the van, it was in April, and it was a little chilly still. Um, so I wasn't really excited about going down to a river to bathe at that point. Um, but knowing that I had to do something, I kind of uh, resigned myself to cleaning up in bathrooms. And uh, a little bit later, Gumby will kind of maybe focus on the, the best type of bathrooms. Right now we're in a park outside of uh, the town of Brevard in the mountains of North Carolina. And there happened to be some bathrooms at this park that were like uh, one-seaters. You could lock the door and it had a, a sink. And um, so we just brought in our bandana and cleaned up there. 
But before we left Durham, uh, the city of Durham in North Carolina, we were using, um, whether it was a gas station bathroom or like the bathroom at a uh, bookstore, I would bring in my bandana, which is crucial for cleaning up, uh, whether it's in a river or stream or inside. And I also had this idea of bringing in a pitcher, like a, a measuring cup of some kind, like a two cup or so measuring cup. And I tried to wear flip flops into the bathroom. So what I did was I put a little bit of a squeeze of soap on the bandana. I filled up my pitcher, um, not all the way full, with water, and I'd go into a bathroom stall. And this can work for men or women, but I just like started wiping myself down with the uh, soapy bandana and using my cup to kind of give myself a rinse in between. And, um, and then at the end, I would take my one foot out of the flip-flop carefully balance myself over the toilet and I would pour some water over my foot, wash my one foot, and then do the other one. So that was kind of my bathroom routine uh, while I was still getting used to being outside um, and, the, and the weather warming up. So Gumby, did you want to uh, maybe talk a little bit about the best bathrooms that you've found? No. <laughs> no, I'll talk about the best bathrooms. Um... Of course, privacy and what we call one-seaters. If I sound like Charlie Brown's teacher right now, it's because we're eating banana and peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> but, like, we're at a park right now, and a lot of parks don't have locking doors. Um, but this one does. It's got locking doors, and it's got one-seaters. This is the ideal place to have a bathroom to wash up in if you need to use the bathroom, and we'll talk about other methods later. Um, gas stations tend to be pretty good. I don't like going to places like, um, and this includes using the bathroom too, like, you know, taking a crap or washing up, but especially washing up. I don't like going to places like coffee shops and fast food places because they tend to be really busy. People are coming in and out of there all the time. Got a little bit more leeway in a grocery store. They're a little bit quieter, they tend to be, but I look for stuff like that. Parks are great. They've got bathrooms and you can make them work and rest stops. That's pretty good because they often have very private stalls, so you can make that work for you. There's a couple people cleaning out the bathrooms right now if you hear the blower in the background. Uh, it's a rainy day and we're under a covered shelter, so that's why we're not fleeing to a quieter place in the park at the moment. Uh-oh, here comes the blower. But, yeah, so those are some good bathrooms. Teresa, am I missing any like good bathrooms to use before I move on from that? Oh, I'll say um, the most supreme bathroom is probably the, I uh, hate to say it, but the handicap stall that has a sink in it. So you could literally like just have this whole... Sorry, handicapped people. Yeah, sorry. Um, we try not to stay in there too long. Uh, but yeah, that could be really private and a, a really good cleanup if you need to do it indoors. And something else that I wanted to mention, um, Gumby was talking about sneaking showers. But we also, when we first started out on the road... Uh, we, we were asking our friends if we could come and take showers at their house and also potentially use the washer and dryer at their house, um, which we'll talk about laundry a little bit later. Thanks for nothing, those of you who said that we couldn't come over. <laughs> we did have a few offers, and we actually, like Gumby kept asking me, are you sure you don't want to go take a shower? And I'm like, I'm doing something here. I'm, I'm kind of getting into this mindset of being out on the road and not having a friend to go to all the time. But if you're in a situation where you happen... <laughs> you said urine. 
Yeah. Or you happen to have friends that'll um, allow you to come over maybe like once a week and maybe you could have a rotation so you don't get uh, too much in their way in their life. Um, that might work for you. And something else that I was thinking about too when we talked about going into public restrooms, uh, I kind of felt it the other day. Like when you go into a bathroom and even if you're filling up a pitcher of water, people start to look at you funny and you might start to get insecure with your bathrooming stuff. Um, There's a lot of judgment and just people kind of giving you maybe dirty looks or like bringing their children closer to them because they're afraid that you're a dirty, like, drug addict bum or something. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why I give off that um, vibe. But, yeah, but I think something that's important is once you see how society doesn't work, all the things in society that don't work, it does kind of give you more confidence in what you're doing and less embarrassment in the bathroom. Um, Because... I feel like not having a house, not having the cleaning supplies to clean up the house, not having to pay for the water bill and the use of water constantly because I feel like I need to make use of it. Uh, I feel like just using the bathrooms every so often, um, it's not that big of a draw on the environment. And uh, one other note about using bathrooms indoors uh, that I have is to clean up the bathroom after yourself. And even if you didn't make the mess, like for example, I used to, I actually used to work at a grocery store and have to clean up the bathrooms when I was a teenager. And I mean, people just leave like little bits of toilet paper or they leave bunches of it. Or I'm not talking about like you have to clean like poo off the walls. I'm just saying if there's water on the sink, maybe you didn't even do it. Just wipe it up because It, again, you don't want to give people who are homeless, people who are traveling and using the sinks and bathrooms as a resource, you don't want to give them a bad name of, like, messing up the bathrooms. And then it leads to people that own the businesses not wanting you to use the bathrooms, especially if you're not a customer. Yeah, and uh, definitely thinking in terms of resources, I mean, for bathrooms as well as all aspects, um, hitchhiking, getting rides, anything, don't burn bridges. You know, these resources, they're they're plentiful, and we want them to stay plentiful. Like, people who want to escape society, sooner or later, hopefully sooner, society's going to fall apart. And there's going to be a lot of other resources for people who know how to look for them, but they're going to be different. But right now, these little bathrooms, these people that are driving that'll pick up hitchhikers, treat them kindly. Treat them well. It's just good to treat everything in your life well. And just pragmatically... Um, Yeah, resources, whether you think you'll need them or not. Um, Don't be one of those damn fools that's just like so self-absorbed that they stink up somebody's car or ruin a bathroom and then there's a lock on the bathroom or they make a mess in the dumpster and then there's a damn lock on a dumpster that everybody was benefiting from. And um, yeah, take care of your life. Take care of your path, even if that's just a homeless path wandering willy-nilly all over the place. And one of the things Teresa (coughs) was kind of alluding to a little bit was How it can be sort of embarrassing. People look at you sometimes when you go in the bathroom. Um, Whether you're washing your clothes or, you know, Teresa getting that little pitcher of water. It's unusual. People will notice. So for some of you that have just, you know, not really explored this kind of stuff but are wanting to, 
that can be weird dealing with that peer pressure where people start thinking, oh, I think that person's homeless. That person's in the stall taking a bath. I think they're a hobo. <laughs> um, one of the things, I, I would say the biggest thing that has helped me with that is everybody talks about society like it's crazy, but not many of you really believe it because you still let the peer pressure affect you. You don't walk into a mental asylum and, and worry about what the raving lunatic thinks about your outfit. Once you really think society is crazy, I mean, you see it. It's a fact. It's not just a quaint little saying that you and your friends laugh about. Society is freaking nuts. Then those that, that judgment, it doesn't matter anymore. What do you care what crazy people think? If you're following your path and you know that you're onto something, do it with pride. Do it with confidence. I go in, and if somebody gives me a funny look, I nod at them and smile and say, good morning. And if they want to be snobby and like just kind of turn their nose up, which happens sometimes, that's their problem. I mean, <laughs> I'm secure in what I'm doing. So I would say keep that in mind. Why are you escaping society? If you're trying this, why are you taking a bath in a bathroom? Um, maybe you got there differently. Maybe something bad did happen and you're ashamed of it. Maybe you've got a drug addiction. Maybe things fell apart and you felt like you couldn't get your crap together. Still, you're surviving. Take pride in that. You're doing what you got to do, and you're figuring out how to do it. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably curious of, of ways to try to explore and do it better, whether you learn it from us or from some other thing you come across. So turn that on its head. Um, Teresa? <laughs> yeah, and uh, something else, there's a book I want to give a shout-out to by Ace Backwards. And um, I think the name of it is How to Survive on the Streets. But if you look up Ace Backwards, um, he's written, I think, maybe just one book. And he's a guy that uh, I guess he uh, grew up in the 70s and he decided to like go out on his own and just kind of be a bum. And he's been doing it so long that he wrote a book. Um, in the book, it mentions the term tweener space, like in between or between. And he was mostly referencing that term to to find places to sleep and to exist but we also use that term for places that we can bathe now outside um, so whether it is a stream or a lake or river <laughs> um oh my goodness gumby's writing a note to me did i name the book oh, you didn't. how to how to survive on the streets no. i think that's the name of it it's How to Be Homeless. That was meant to be subtle. Oh, <laughs> How to Be Homeless. Sorry. By Ace Backwards, How to Be Homeless. Um, check it out. Uh, maybe you can get it through interlibrary loan if you can get books from the library or um, if you want to buy it, do that. Uh, but yeah, tweener spaces, uh, locations that might just be right out of view from the public, but that you can totally get naked or at least half naked um, to clean yourself up outside. Because uh, something that I didn't mention with the indoor bathrooms is washing hair. And I have a lot of thick hair. And at this point, um, it's been over two months that I haven't washed it with soap Um I'm still trying different things. I'll get to that in a minute. But I did not try to wash my hair in the indoor bathroom. We happened to meet a woman who um, at least claimed that she was homeless for two years. And she mentioned that she would wash her hair in the bathroom at Subway, which in my experience is a one-seater bathroom in the whole restaurant. So, And she had a lot of hair, um, also long hair. So I'm not sure how she did it. Uh, but... 
I wasn't going to try it. So finding these tweener spaces that I could dunk my head in the river, um, even just a little bit, not even really getting it super clean, it made me feel better. Like it just made me feel like I was trying to clean my hair and my scalp. Um, something else I didn't mention about the indoor bathrooms is the hand dryer. And I haven't had much luck with, um, with drying things. I wouldn't dry, try to dry my hair with it cause it's so thick, but, uh, you might potentially be able to use that hand dryer for cleaning or drying your bandana. I tried to, I tried to dry a pair of underwear. It didn't, it didn't quite work. She might be a hobo. <laughs> you might be a hobo if you're trying to dry your underwear on the hand dryer in the bathroom. Okay, so I, I mentioned hair. And if you are planning to leave your place where you have a, sh- a hot shower that you probably are using shampoo in your hair, if you can at all, plan it out. I didn't, and I feel like I'm kind of paying for that. And what I mean by plan, um, just in short, is try to experiment with uh, only washing your hair maybe, yeah, maybe like twice a week or every other day at first. And like wean yourself off of the shampoo. Maybe you get to a point where you're only washing your hair with a very gentle shampoo as natural as possible once a week. And then try no shampoo because I feel like if you're uh if you have hair like mine and it just gets greasy and you go out onto the street without a without a hot shower and shampoo, you might have a time like myself. Um I recently tried uh boiling water on the campfire or however you're going to make your hot water, and I dunked my hair in this pot of uh, warm water. I let it cool off a little bit, added some cold water to it. It helped a little bit. Um, I also tried making a tea out of yarrow and adding that to the hot water and putting that on my hair. Didn't really help as far as I could tell. And this hair dunking in the hot water technique, by the way, was like really entertaining. It was like TV out there. Reality TV. It was not the most comfortable thing to do. Um, I also tried, I, like, I read all this stuff online about, oh, try this, try that, try apple cider vinegar. Um, I tried apple cider vinegar, diluting it, like, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in a, in a glass bottle, like a a standard drinking size bottle, um, pouring that on my head and then rinsing it out. It didn't really do anything. Um, something that I haven't tried yet, and you're probably going to be like, what? I comb my hair, so. What? What? Uh, it's been mentioned online to like use a brush, and there's different types of bristle brushes you can get. I was trying not to spend money on it, um, but what's hilarious to me is these all of the all of these um, articles that talk about not using shampoo. When they mention using a brush, and you're brushing your hair that hasn't been shampooed, your brush starts to get a buildup of whatever nastiness is in your hair, the grease. And then guess what they say to do? Clean the brush with shampoo. So I'm not sure I want to do that. Uh, I kind of weaned myself off of using a brush years ago. I just like using a comb better. But I will say that my hair is not as clean looking as I'd like for it to be. Uh, Something that Gumby mentioned that his mom did, I'll I'll pass this over to him so he can talk about it, is using corn flowers. She used corn flowers. (laughs) I really don't know anything else about it. I oh. just know she experimented with it. So so Gumby's mom uh, 
I guess, picked these cornflowers. They're blue. They grow in North Carolina, um, probably a lot of other places, too, around fields or on the side of the road. And she made a hair wash out of it. So maybe you could look that up and try it and write to us or send us a message and let us know. Gumby, do you want to talk about your hair? Boy, do I. Um, and when Teresa says she combs her hair, by the way, she's talking about she uses this fish skeleton, like fish bones, like they show people in cartoons. Um, it's a true badge of hobohemia. Um, no, not really, but but maybe one day we're a work in progress. So um, really quick, um, we'll probably come back around to this, but being near water, like just in general, positioning yourself near bodies of water is always helpful. It's pretty. Um, maybe not sleeping. Sometimes the mosquitoes are worse. But when you can find a body of water, I guess we're going to talk more about bathing in, in streams. Sure. It's on the list. Um, we've got a little list we try to follow so we don't forget too much. Um, I also have uh, very thick, long hair, um, <laughs> but it's all on my back. <laughs> um, did sexy. So, I think it's sexy. But it, was, it used to be on top of my head. And I wanted to talk a little bit about being bald, because in our culture... I mean, baldness is treated almost like a disease. You know, I watch these bald commercials and see these billboards, and I guess most of us have something that society just picks at. You know, it makes us feel like something is wrong with us. You may be fat. You may be old. You may, who knows? Have a big head. Yeah, you may have a big head. For me, like something I've been dealing with since I was a teenager is the social pressure of being bald. You know, like, oh, you should do something about that. And I guess... You know, my insecurity of that, I just started wearing a hat, and I got so used to wearing a hat that now I feel kind of naked without a hat. It's not even about being bald anymore. Um, it's just I like being in a hat. But I wanted to give a quick shout-out to all the bald guys out there. If you're doing homeless stuff, this is where it really, like, comes into play. You are lucky to be bald. Hair is problematic, as Teresa's talking about. I mean, she just went through all that stuff about how to take care of your hair. I go in there. I wet my bandana wipe my head and boom, I'm ready to go. So, you know, if you're escaping society, baldness is a benefit. It's a tool in your toolbox. Be thankful that that hair fell off your head. Uh, if it's stuck to your back like it did for me, um, that can be used for camouflage, debris sticking to it, but we'll do that in another podcast. I've always liked bald men. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, brushing your teeth. Um, let's not forget when we're talking about smells and everything, breath. Breath can be a really tricky thing because often we're the last people to know when our breath stinks. Um, toothbrushes. For some reason, we find those everywhere. Um, hippie Christmas. We found, like, packs of them in the dumpster when the college kids are moving out. We found them in abandoned houses, like just going in an abandoned house and among all the crap that's left behind, toothbrushes in packs. I'm not talking about just somebody's old nasty toothbrush in the dirty bathroom. In packs. Um, homeless shelters, you go to a food pantry, some of them will like practically push them on you. You know, you just go in for food and they're like, do you need a toothbrush? Are you sure you don't want a toothbrush? Here's a toothbrush. <laughs> Toothbrushes are pretty easy to come by. Um, in the event that you don't have a toothbrush, or maybe you want to experiment with going a little bit further out on the fringes, you can make a toothbrush pretty easy. Uh, dogwood is my favorite. I've heard of people using sweet gum, but you just clip off a little twig. I show this to kids all the time in camp because it's just kind of a neat thing. You chew on the end of one of those twigs and get it kind of bristly, and then you rub your teeth with it. I don't know much about sweet gum. Um, I just heard that from somewhere. But 
Dogwood apparently was used by some tribe, and I hate that I keep saying some tribe. This is where my research lacks. I know that's a very general thing, but um, some indigenous people here in America used the dogwood branch as a toothbrush, chewed it up, got the bristles, rubbed their teeth, and apparently they had a reputation for having really white teeth. I haven't done it long enough to be able to attest to that myself, but I have used the dogwood every now and then as a toothbrush, and it does make your teeth feel cleaner, you know, like when you got that kind of skin feeling on your teeth. Um, you get done with the dogwood, and it feels just like you brushed your teeth. It's really clean. Um, yeah, and as far as swishing, gosh, I know there's a, a lot of, like, plants that are used. Uh, baking soda, this is a prepper trick. Um, prepper, I, I've read a lot of books about prepping, even though I don't consider myself a prepper for a lot of reasons, but, uh, there are some good tips in there. And one of the things they say is pack things that we've talked about in simplicity and minimalism, the things that count. So baking soda can be used for a bunch of different things. Um, toothpaste being one of them. And I know cattails are another thing that other people have experimented with. Apparently you can use the root maybe for toothpaste. I don't want to talk too much about that because I'm not sure, but the top is another thing I've heard of people using for a toothbrush. So yeah, keep your breath clean. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to say that Gumby does a, an excellent job of modeling, uh, clean mouth behavior. And I'm not, I am not a flosser. I should be. And I feel like even though there's, I know there's research that says yeah, apparently that's been debunked. But I, f I do feel like there's something to that, especially if you drink um, sweet, sugary drinks and maybe look at that behavior as well um, if you're not going to have dental care. But, yeah, making a routine of, like, trying to floss, maybe maybe you do it, like, a couple times a week and then you do it every day. But Gumby's really good about that. I, I feel like I fall behind in that area. I'm clean. Yes. Um yeah, and shout out to the uh, baking soda. Like you said, I think I also read you could use that to help clean your hair, but oh, there's so many things um, to try. So definitely if you've tried any of these items, please write to us and let us know your experience because uh, at the time, at right now, I don't think we have any baking soda to experiment with. I do have apple cider vinegar, though, and I did that. Um, speaking of smelling good, deodorant. So I... For a long time, there's all sorts of noises out here. Um, for a long time, I was using like really fancy deodorant that I don't think it was a antiperspirant. And I'm saying this because I think I think I'm understanding what's happening now to my clothes. Um, so when I back when I was working and I was able to buy like four or five dollar roll-on deodorant from the hippie store, I didn't have this problem, but now I'm, I happened to buy, and I know I'm a terrible person, but I happened to buy some really cheap deodorant because I wanted to smell good, and my armpits of my shirts now will not get clean um, like I want them to, and I think it's because the, uh, the antiperspirant maybe is like putting a grease, like a residue on the clothing, so I think uh, I, I might have to rethink using so much deodorant. Um, Gumby, do you want to talk about that? Um, I just want to say that I try to minimally use deodorant. I find that a lot of times I don't need deodorant. Um, Teresa can tell me if I stink. And <laughs> um, every now and then, you know, I'll start uh, for whatever reason. It's like, okay, maybe I need deodorant. But Teresa's talking about the stains on the clothes. We're going to talk a little bit more about, like, how we wash clothes. That does seem to be one of the things that causes a stain that doesn't wash out that easy is deodorant. 
Also, um, Teresa has been researching the impact of bathing in a river, what that does to the river, what you do to your body. And I know she's going to talk more about that, but just a quick thing about deodorant. That's one of those things. Like, think about whatever you're putting on your body. When it washes off, if you get in a river, it doesn't just, like, get taken off by the magic fairies to be turned into (laughs) something, like, really nice. It gets washed there for all the fish and all the creatures to deal with. Mm. So just think about that. Yeah, and that leads us to another point on our list about smelling good. And uh, I think Gumby probably has more of experience with this. Maybe you can talk oh. about Daniel to your friend. But uh, smoke baths and smudge sticks. Go ahead. Daniel's not his real name. His name is actually Edward. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, some people, and I don't know why people choose this. I know some people that have really strong BO. And what I've learned about bathing is they don't need to. So I don't know if it's part of their philosophy, if they're exploring it like I did when I was a teenager. So, um, you know, just remember that you don't need to, don't think because you're escaping society and you don't have your own personal little bathroom and everything that you need to stink and be dirty. You don't. But I do know some people who, for whatever reason, they don't bathe every day. Um, I've got a friend that he was dating somebody and his girlfriend would be coming over and, you know, they'd want to be intimate. And, she didn't want him, you know, just reeking of B.O. So one of the things he figured out is he'd get his little wood stove and his yurt cranking up, get the smoke going and like smoke bathe himself. Um, and that's a really good deodorant because it turns out and, you know, women, you can weigh in on this. But it seems to me that most of the women I know like the smell of smoke, um, at least better than B.O. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind. And also... Um, a smoke bath in general, a smudge. Like if I'm out in the woods and for whatever reason I'm in a place, I can't find enough water to bathe adequately, or even if I do, just to kind of add extra power to my cleanliness. If I can find red cedar, Juniperus virginiana, it's got antibacterial green leaves. And if I pick some of those leaves, um, put them on a campfire that's smoldering, like not necessarily an active flaming campfire, but coals, the green leaves will smoke really thick. Stand in the smoke, lift up your clothes, or even better, if you can, get completely naked. And that will help kill a lot of the bacteria and make you smell better and camouflage your scent. So whether you're hunting or not, you might be able to get closer to animals and see more animals. And supposedly it's insect repellent. Um, I don't know. I need to do more studies on how much I effective it is at keeping the bugs away. But anything that might help keep bugs away is definitely something I want to know about. Um, yeah, I, I've got a little hygiene bag that I got from somewhere way back. It's just a tiny little, uh, I call it my hygiene kit and some other things to carry. Um, I've got a beard, so I carry, I picked out my sharpest little pair of scissors so I can trim my beard. Um, nail clippers, uh, we've actually found those in a pack in a dumpster, but if you don't, you can buy them pretty cheap or better even ask people. I am all about not spending money. I feel like one of the ways I combat society, one of the number one ways that I combat society, boycott everything you can. Every dollar you spend on anything is feeding the machine. This this culture of ours has many mouths, and it eats money. It grows powerful from money. So anytime you can find a way to, to do something without money, great, do it. Um, so the little nail clippers. I put tweezers, but it's not necessary. But it could be used. I put tweezers on the list um, just because I'm kind of just hairy and it's embarrassing sometimes. But um, 
you can also use that in a first aid situation, or you might have some use for it if you're trying to, I don't know, like you dumpster dive something and there's like a little part in there that you need to get out and fix. So tweezers could be multi-use tools as well. Yeah, tweezers do nothing for me. I know some people that like them for picking ticks. I've never had any luck grabbing a tick with a pair of tweezers, but you can uh, see that for yourself because I know other people that just love them. Um, some people are pluckers, like they pluck their eyebrows or whatever. Um, and so tweezers. Um, razors. Uh, you can also get this from homeless shelters, food pantries. Like I was saying, they push toothbrushes. They often ask if you need a razor too. They're really crappy little one blade disposable razors, but they're definitely better than nothing. Um, if you feel like you got to buy them, then, you know, do what you got to do. It's not something I have found them in a dumpster, but rarely. So it's not something I scavenge a lot. What I've started doing more is I've got these clippers and, uh, we got this little device. What's that little device that we can plug in the clippers to? Oh, it's, um, it's something you put into the cigarette lighter in the car and it converts. It's like an inverter. So from the car battery, you want to crank your car up, um, or while, well, you wouldn't want to do it while you're driving, <laughs> but you can plug in the electric clippers and, and then shave while you're out in the woods or something. So yeah, I use the clippers and at least clip my like my neck and trim my beard down when it's getting too scruffy. Because again, you know we're trying to kind of blend in and not not look like hobos. Uh, we're undercover hobos. Um, <laughs> and if these break, and I think they're getting pretty old and do break, I'm going to see about if there's something I can order used on Amazon or something. If there's something that I can charge up, that maybe I don't have to plug it into this inverter, but yeah, just some ways to stay shaved. Um, I like having a beard. I feel I feel like a big goober if I'm clean shaved. I never am clean shaven. I, I don't feel comfortable. But keeping it kind of neat, or at least if it's going to be big and full, like, you know, somehow just thinking about fitting in. Because um, we're definitely trying not to fit in in the ways that count, but to fit in in the ways that help us not fit in, if that makes sense. We're strategically fitting in to okay. not fit in. Um, over to you, Teresa. Oh, and the one other tool that we've already mentioned uh, to have is a bandana or two or however many you want. We find them a lot, I think, um, because the wind blows them into the water or people drop them in the water like we have and fish them out. But some people don't. And then we end up with this plethora of multicolored bandanas to wash up with. Um, something else that we keep handy for so many different uses is hand sanitizer. We have two little bottles that somewhere along the way we found, and uh, whether we're taking a crap in the woods or uh, dumpster diving and touching them nasty outside of the dumpster or something and then having to use hand sanitizer. And don't feel like you need to keep buying hand sanitizer because there are so many places we just fill up our little bottles. Um, the libraries around where we used to live at had hand sanitizer or have it. Um, you might get a few looks like standing next to the wall, but I have definitely done it and filled up my uh, Purell little hand sanitizer. And often grocery stores have it, or um, I've seen it at rest stops and, and park bathrooms as well. Maybe they have it in lieu of soap, so you can fill it up there. Something else that I discovered while we started bathing in the river is I was starting to get like I didn't know that white people could get ashy, but my legs started looking really white and they were kind of like, 
if I scratched them, they would just not, the scratch wouldn't go away. And I had not had that before. So um, keeping healthy and recognizing that I don't want to go to the doctor and get some sort of like cream or some something, whatever. Maybe I need to drink more water, probably so. But I also figured out that I think I need to exfoliate my skin more uh, because I was just standing in the water and not really worrying about my uh, lower legs because I just I just assumed that the river water was uh, washing that part for me. So I think from now on, I'm going to try to use some of the river sand to exfoliate my legs. Um, I also have, you know, keeping in mind the things that you put on your body often or will wash off in the water supply. Um, I use shea butter that my friend Millie uh, has gotten like unrefined raw shea butter. And so I'll put some of that on my legs, but I do it after I know I'm going to be out of the water. So I try to keep it away from the water as much as possible. And Gumby, uh, you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. So, um, and check out our YouTube channel. One of the videos we've got on our YouTube channel is Jewelweed. Um, in 98, when I was hitchhiking, I went out, um, out west, among other places. And there were places that I'd be like way out on the prairie and I wouldn't be near water. And um, luckily I knew jewelweed. And sometimes I'd find jewelweed in places where I didn't find water. Um, although jewelweed loves water, that's especially where you find it. Jewelweed is a really succulent plant and you can pick it and it tends to grow in huge tribes. So when you find a little bit of jewelweed, you usually find a lot of jewelweed. And you can just crush up the whole plant and a gel comes out that's sort of like aloe. It's a really nice, clean looking and feeling gel. And you can just use that like a sponge bath. You can wipe down your whole body with it. Um, jewelweed, the Latin name, I can't remember. It has something like impatience in it, um, also known as touch-me-not. Um, God, so many uses for it, but just to focus on the relevance to this podcast, you can wipe down your whole body with it. It's known for being a preventative and treatment for poison ivy or anything wrong with your skin. Burns, sunburns, bug bites, even acne. Um, antibacterial. And your skin feels so clean for it. So when I couldn't find a bath any other way, learn this plant. Crush up a jewelweed, wipe it all over your body, and you feel clean. Um, Another one is yucca filamentosa. And this is a plant that once you learn it, you discover it's really common. It's all over the place. It's in people's yards. Um, Don't find it in the woods so much, but on the edges of places. And the root Um, I've dug up the root before and chopped up the root really fine, added a little bit of water, and then pulverized it however I can. Mortar, pestle, whatever. I just, as much as I can, try to mix it up. Um, And it will actually make a soap that lathers. I mean, it's an actual soap. Um, So there's one way to make soap out in the wild that's environmentally friendly and supposedly, and I say supposedly because I have not experimented with this enough to, to testify to it, it's insect repellent. So there's a couple things to experiment with. And hopefully we'll have a video coming out soon on the yucca, but check out the Jewel Week video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we keep talking about, like, environmentally friendly and uh, just, like, as natural as possible, especially when you go into a body of water. Um, I read an article just recently because I wanted to make sure I wasn't blowing something up that wasn't true. But um, in this article, it was talking about, like, can you use soap 
even like Dr. Bronner's all-in-one, supposedly all-natural soap, can't you use that when you go in the river? And my answer is no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the article put it succinctly, treat the body of water like a faucet, not a drain. Um, because like we already mentioned, not only are you then putting all the chemicals and saponifying actions of the soap what into was that the word? Saponify? Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Um, like sudsy action of the soap in the water. But then you're also washing off all the things on your skin that maybe include things like DEET or uh, any sort of lotions or deodorants or makeup if you're super fancy. So think about uh, if you are going to be bathing in a body of water, whether it's a stream, lake, river, please do not use soap anywhere near the water source. Um, This article said, you know, dump your water in a cat hole uh, that you dig about 50 yards away from the water, 150 feet. That might be a little extreme, but the point being, don't just go in and think it's your bathtub. Because while you might not think that one time is harmful, you don't know because you're not one of those small little insects or microbes that are trying to live in the water and then you just messed up their whole environment. Um, <laughs> and speaking of messing up the whole environment. Um, <clears throat> so we actually have a video on this and it isn't. I don't think really perverted must see or yeah. Okay. It's a must see one of our YouTube videos, but, uh, when we were first going in the van and deciding that we wanted to seek out these tweener spaces and find bodies of water to bathe in, I think one of the great things is you can clean your genitals so well. And if you time it right and you're in one of those tweener spaces, nobody's going to see. I typically wear uh, just a short little dress or a long shirt um, so I can just crouch down and clean down there. But <laughs> I just, I'm so glad that we figured this out because it just, it really makes you feel so much cleaner to uh, to get your jennies cleaned, as we call it. We call it a jenny dip for genitals. Jenny date. Jenny dip. Um, do you, have, do you want to say anything else about that, about bathing in uh, bodies of water? Because I feel like I'm just talking a lot. Uh, I am just reveling in all these words like genitalia <laughs> and, and saponification. <laughs> I don't even um, know that's right. <laughs> oh, and exfoliating. Exfoliate. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Um, so the Jenny dipping, yeah, as Teresa was saying, it was kind of cooler weather. We didn't necessarily want to submerge our bodies in these cold rivers. Um, and by the way, like we talked about how to wash up in the bathroom, that is our plan B or C. Plan A is always a river. Um, you know, we find those tweener spaces. Often, like some of our favorite places that we go and get completely naked, if we take like 10 steps in any direction, people can see us. <laughs> so it is amazing when you start looking for them that there are little spaces that nobody goes. Um, and they're there for the person smart enough and crafty enough to find them. So our tweener spaces, but the Jenny dip. Yeah. Um, at the very least, like I, every day I want to wash my crotch, your, your Jenny dip. You know, if you can squat down in the water and do that, if you can go in the bathroom, wipe it down and my armpits, those are your two scent places. And I knew that from wilderness survival as well, because when you're camouflaging your scent to go hunting, um, same thing, you take plants and you wipe them on those two places. Uh, secondarily, 
hands and face. Um, for me, I got this weird thing where, you know how your mom always said, don't forget to wash behind your ears? <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on with my body, but like my, the behind my ears like stink. And my mom never told me not to wash, I mean to wash behind my ears. So maybe she should have, but it smells like Parmesan cheese. I don't know, like, I don't know. So I definitely wash like really hard behind my ears. Um, it's a yeast buildup. Yeah, maybe it's a yeast buildup. And luckily I hang out with an Italian, so the Parmesan cheese maybe isn't as offensive. <laughs> oh my so, yeah, I think that's all I, I want to say about that. But the Jenny dip, yeah, mm. to like squat down in the water, even if it's cold in the middle of winter. I mean, you can usually handle that. You're going to jump right out, and you will feel better, and you will be more acceptable to the people around you. And especially as it gets warmer, I mean, something... I, I'm not trying to sound weird, but something about your genital region, if you can clean and, like, cool that off, it does wonders for your spirit. Like, it just makes your whole body, the rest of your body feel cool and refreshed. And I'm not just saying that. Um, testify. I'm testifying. So, uh, something for the women out there is uh, when you're menstruating. <laughs> Menstrual time. Um, I haven't experimented a lot with this. I had some pads, uh, sanitary napkins, whatever that I got from, (laughs) from hippie Christmas from the dumpster. Like all these college kids are just throwing out like multitudes of pads. So I have a bunch of them. And I started to realize as we were out in the woods for longer and longer stretches of time, if I had my period, I have these like really not eco-friendly pads and And why are college kids throwing out maxi pads, by the way? I I dropped out of high school, so maybe this is something I don't know. Do you hit (laughs) menopause when you graduate college? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But but they decided they were going to throw them out, and I took them, and I haven't finished using them yet. But I feel like maybe this is the time where I need to start exploring um, making my own pads. Uh, I've heard from one of our friends that it's really not that difficult, um, especially if you can just maybe use a pad as a, uh, um, what am I trying to say, like a template, and you get some cloth, and especially if you can find cloth that already has snap buttons on it. And we often find clothes in and around dumpsters, um, even if it's a baby onesie. You just need the button snaps for the sides of the pad to uh, attach around your underwear. Um Our next podcast, we're not quite done yet, but our next podcast is going to be about uh, bathrooming stuff, so we'll go into more detail on that. But I also found um, some wipes, like some feminine wipes that I had never used in my life, but hey, they're kind of of useful if you're not around a place where you can get in the river and clean. Um, So I mostly use those as my plan B to clean my genitals, but of course I also have my bandana if I want to do that. Let's see. Was there anything else I wanted to say about that? Not really. Gumby. (laughs) Okay, and that takes us to clothes. Um, As I mentioned in one of our former podcasts, uh, simplicity and minimalism. Um, I have whittled my clothes down to four outfits. Um, So I don't have a lot that I have to wash, and I wash it as I go. Like, if I change out of an outfit, I wash it. So that makes it easier. Um, Yeah, I wear my clothes two days in a row. Um, I've been doing this for years because I, you know, a long time ago when I started exploring, like, how to make things stretch, how to use less resources, 
I don't even remember where I got the idea from, but that was one of the things that occurred to me. Do I need to change clothes every day? Um, and I found I don't. Like, um, I don't offend people. Um, when I'm in an intimate relationship, my clothes wearing for two days in a row, as long as I keep my body clean, it doesn't seem to be offensive. Um, so yeah, that's one of the ways I make things stretch. Um, when I do wash clothes, uh, and we have a, a YouTube video on this, on how to wash clothes, and I actually found a new technique that I want to make a video of soon to add to it. Um, we, if we need to use the bathroom, well, let me go plan A first. Plan A is the river. Plan A is always the river, bathing and washing clothes. So you can go in the river, you can agitate your clothes, um, you can kind of squeeze them, but however, you can push the water through the fibers. That's the idea. Um, that'll get your clothes pretty clean. I'm not going to say it's as clean as a washing machine, um, although maybe it is, because it does, it feels clean, it smells clean, but I have noticed that stains over time, they don't go away as well as they do if you're using like Tide and, you know, all the products. Um, and it's especially because of other products. So it's like, if you use one product like deodorant, then it, then it kind of makes you feel compelled to buy something that's going to degrease or de like take the stain out of your clothes. Hmm. That is true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So one product begets the next product begets the next one. So it's a, uh, oh, what tangled webs we weave. Mm -hmm. Um, something I have just started doing and I love doing this is I will take Sherlock's leash. You could use any rope, but I will string it through my clothes, like a couple of belt loops on the pants, a um, couple of buttons on the shirt, through the little, like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the penis hole in your underwear. Um, who the hell uses that thing anyway? But here's what it's for. I just found out. You take the string through it, and then you, like, pull it through it. This is the leash, not, not the penis. You pull the leash through itself. And it cinches down on the clothes, if you can picture that. So you've just got, like, the looped handle, and you pull the end through. And then you find a place in running water. Um, and you can very often find a branch or a crevice in the rocks to wedge that um, part with the metal. Or if you're using a rope, tie an overhand knot, make a loop, do the same thing, and then make a knot at the other end of the rope, the long end, the free end. And wedge it down between the rocks, and it'll hold it. So you've got this current, this water, rushing over and through your clothes the whole time you're bathing. Um, and that gets them really clean, and it's effortless. You know, I don't even have to go through the trouble of squeezing and agitating the clothes. Um, I will say that if you go in a shallow stream that's not moving that well, it'll kind of, like, sink to the bottom, and sometimes your clothes actually get dirtier. <laughs> but if you're in a fast-moving stream, especially a rocky one like you find in the mountains a lot, great way to wash clothes. And we've also done this in Durham. You just got to choose your place as well. Um, if I can, I do it upstream of where we are. So while I'm bathing, if my clothes do become dislodged, I have a chance to see them floating by and grab them. <laughs> so far, they have not actually dislodged. So um, just an added precaution, because if you're a minimalist, you don't want to lose the few things that you have. Um, dark clothes. So when I was picking out what outfits to keep, um, luckily I kind of thought ahead of this and was correct in this, that stains were going to be a factor. You might have this great shirt. I actually had a white t-shirt that I loved that I dumpster dived and had this like weird pattern of a warrior on one side. And it was very unique. I don't know where it came from or who made it. I decided to give that up because white is not your friend when you're getting away from all this technology. If you don't have like 
you know, the Stain Fighter Tide or any of the stuff that you buy from the store, um, stains build up. So dark clothes, great camouflage. You know, I can do a lot of stuff, wash my clothes in the way I just described, and keep on going. Stains are not a problem. Plan B, if you're not at a river, sink. I've done this in rest stops and all the places that we've mentioned are good bathrooms. And this is where instead of like agitating and rubbing together, I use my hands like plungers. I just run the water in there, get them wet, take a couple squirts of soap, run that over my hand onto the clothes, and then start you got to make that sound with your mouth when you do it. <laughs> and you use your hands like plungers. So you keep squeezing them, squeezing them, squeezing them, and you'll see the dirty water coming out. It'll brown, gray, and you'll see when they get clean. No more dirty water comes out. So if you have time, you can get them really clean like that. Um, wring them out really good. And unfortunately, this is hard to do and not make a little bit of a mess. So like we said in the beginning, take care of your resources. Take a paper towel or something. Clean up after yourself. Um, great way to wash clothes. There's also those little dryer things that most of them are automated now in bathrooms. I haven't found them to be that useful for my clothes, but they are great for bandanas. So if you use a bandana and you wash that, um, you can get a bandana completely dry very quickly on one of those dryer things. And if you just want to give your clothes a little edge, a little head start on drying, that'd probably work pretty good. Oh, um, some of you may be not, you're not near a body of water and we had mentioned in a previous podcast, like, you need to get to a body of water if you're doing this. It just makes life so much easier. But in, you know, in the off chance that you're not able to do that just yet, there are laundromats. And maybe Gumby can talk a little bit more about this. But I have seen myself, I have seen for myself that I forgot, uh, I forgot the detergent. And I've got the clothes, and we're here, and I'm, like, ready to wash the clothes. And Gumby is my savior, and he finds soap from everyone that has discarded their laundry detergent in the garbage. Gumby. Yeah, I forgot about laundromats. Um, There's this great website that has a lot of good tips on homelessness. And it's interesting because everybody you talk to that's doing this has different tips, like completely different tips. So there's a billion ways to do this. So hopefully our, our one way we're doing it is helpful. But I think it's called Survival Recipes. I think if you type in Survival Recipes and Google that, it'll get you there. But this guy, <clears throat> he goes to laundromats to wash his clothes, and he says it's a great place to find change. I don't find a lot of change at laundromats. Teresa's better at that than I am. <laughs> so between the two of us, if I'm getting the laundry soap and she's getting the change, we can almost wash our clothes at a laundromat for free. But, of course, like I said, we never really do that because we don't need to because we've got other ways to wash our clothes. He also says it's a great place to meet women. So I'm planning on where we're going to do a podcast somewhere down the road about relationships um, on the road. So a lot of people feel like, you know, you're out on the road and it, it's you're doomed to be lonely. Well, this guy, I don't know how he's meeting women in laundromats. I don't know what you say to a woman to just walk up to some strange woman, especially if you're homeless and you're looking for change and you go up to her. I don't know what that one thing is. It's just like, hey, so have you found any change in the dryer? But dude's got game, apparently. So just to put that out there, apparently it's a good place to pick up women if you're homeless. Um, oh, and do you want to talk about dishwashing? Sure. Yeah, we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, but I will say on our YouTube channel, we have a brief video on dishwashing at the river. And these, I mean, these things seem like they would just be common sense, but 
we made the videos because I think common sense is overrated a lot of times. Mm. And by the way, no soap on the dishwashing if you're going to be using a body of water. And really, when we, like, we only have, like, one cup each or one spoon, one knife. We don't have a lot of dishes to wash, so we just wash them as soon as possible. We don't need soap. We don't have any, like, buildup. Um, I also use a, like, when oranges come in a net bag, I just cut off a piece of the net bag and I use that as my scrubber. Um, and that's totally fine. And it's a reuse of an item that was going to be thrown away anyway. Um, and to dry the dishes for a little bit more uh, uh, sanitation or sanitizing of them, if you're near a campfire, let's say you're out camping, uh, maybe you were, whatever, backpacking or something, or car camping in your van, you can set your dishes next to the fire and the smoke will help to sanitize them. And yeah, watch the video on our YouTube channel, Gumby. Yeah, and the heat from the fire especially. Of course, you got to think of what the material of the, the dishes. So <laughs> no get plastic. them. No plastic. But <laughs> metal stuff especially, which should kind of give you an idea what dishes you're looking for if you're doing this. Um, get them really close to the heat, kills bacteria. Um, really quick, we're living out of a van. So those of you who are living out of a car, keeping your car clean. It's your home now. Um, when I had a car and a home, I never cleaned my car. It was horrible. <laughs> I just, I don't know, for me it felt pointless. I was going to end up picking up roadkill, dumpster diving, uh, loading up survival stuff for a camp. Wet, nasty dog. Wet, nasty dog. So I just didn't see the point of cleaning it. Now that I'm living in a van, I treat it like my home. And I did keep my home clean, or tried to. So... Once a month, we do a thorough cleaning. We armor all everything or whatever materials we have, Windex the windows, um, use some change to go to a vacuum at a car wash, really vacuum the crap out of it, take everything out, reevaluate it. Do we need it? Is there a better place for it? Put it in. It's a, like a beginning of a month ritual for us. Um, oh, I have something to add to that. Um, the Windex and the armor all stuff we found in a dumpster and or an abandoned house. I can't remember. And if you don't have Windex, often you can just go to a gas station, especially if they have the towels and the little squeegee thing, and just dip a paper towel in and wash your windows. And if they tell you to leave, of course, you know, don't ruin your resource. But we haven't had any problems with that as well. Yeah, and we have a stinky dog, and I'm not just saying, like, oh, I have a stinky dog. No, he, he stinks. He has a odor about him. Um, we try to get him in the water as much as possible, which is kind of a timing thing, you know, because if you got to load right up, then you're getting a wet dog in your van, and that's a new odor. But, uh, yeah, if when we can, we get him bathed in the river. We throw sticks for him, get him, like, really going in the, the good currents and washed off. Um Flea and tick soap, we are still struggling with ways to control his ticks. Um, and I don't really want to use soap for the reasons we don't use it. I don't really want to pollute the water. I mean, whether it goes down a drain or directly in the river, it all winds up in the same place. Mm. It's just something to, to me to start moving away from. So I'm going to experiment more with how to do that. And, uh, yeah, Teresa, you want to take us out? Sure, yeah. So um, so all in all, try to stay clean. Keep your, your home. If you're living in your van, that's your home clean. If you have any pets, keep them clean, and yourself, of course. Um, visit our website, www.escapingsociety, that's all one word, dot weebly, W-E-E, -E, be like boy, L-Y, dot com. 
and check out our Mountains to the Sea Trail blog. Uh, I just added it on there. It's a trail that goes across the state of North Carolina, and we've been hiking it. And that was, like I said, one of the first times that I encountered uh, hygiene on the road, our clean, green, seldom seen hygiene episode. Thanks for watching. Or listening. Dip them jennies. <laughs> Bye.